Welcome to the Pinning Combination Podcast. I'm KJ Pilcher, and as always, alongside Dick Briggs, a Hall of Famer from Cedar Rapids, Jefferson, uh, ready to uh, talk a little wrestling. Uh, we'll, uh, we're going to split up things. You might uh, see things posted a little differently this week. Um, we wanted to get college in in a kind of a timely fashion. And so we weren't so removed from the weekend. So uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. We'll also have uh, a prep podcast that will be uh, posted Wednesday. We'll record that Wednesday so we can get state duels coverage and and wrap everything up uh, Wednesday for the big weekend ahead for, uh, for high school wrestling. But uh, college is our main focus for today. And it was a big weekend, uh, kind of a, a big weekend for Iowa going through Illinois, UNI, Iowa State, heading down for their tour of uh, Oklahoma with the Cowboys and the Sooners. And uh, that, you know, were you busy this weekend as, as well? Oh, yeah. I got, uh, well, at, uh, on Friday, we had the Hall of Fame night, so I got home and got to watch the last eight matches of the uh, Battle of the Birds. And then uh, and then Saturday, I was up in Dubuque at the at the MVC. And uh, so, yeah, busy. I was uh, down in West Branch last night, rough, and tonight I'm in uh, at uh, Marengo. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, busy. It, uh, so we had a lot of things going on. D3 had, uh, you know, as I said, the Battle of the Birds. And then Cornell was at, at Pete Wilson, did a nice job there. And oh, then, yeah. Upper Iowa, yep, and Upper Iowa did you know had a couple of nice wins too. So we'll we'll touch on that a little bit later. All right, well let's uh, let's jump into uh, the University of Iowa and their swing through uh, Illinois. Um, you know, it kind of went as expected. I think um, for the most part, you knew that they're kind of going to go in and win seven to eight matches. Um, they won eight at Illinois. Then they followed that up with shutting out Northwestern, which has just been absolutely depleted by the transfer portal. Uh, you know, which is, is kind of tough to see. But um, first off, Friday with Illinois, uh, you know, Iowa comes away. I believe it was thirty-six to six team victory. And the thing that stands out: uh, big win from Patrick Kennedy um, over Edmund Ruth. Uh, late takedown, takedown in the third, and then a ride out uh, to win five to one. We've seen Patrick Kennedy. Remember how when he first took the mat, he was just coming off injury, hadn't had a lot of mat time, nearly gassed again, you know, and, and surrendered a big lead, held on to win at Iowa State. But we've just seen him kind of progressively get better, haven't we? Right. And, you know, he's remember, didn't he start the season at 65? And uh, if I remember right. Well, I think he was contending for 65, but they had moved up uh, right. one just because he hadn't hit a lot of mat time. And, you know, kind of the thought that Kelly Endo was at 65 and see right. him out, see how he could handle 174, maybe. And he's done a really good job. So, I mean, Ruth was was ranked third. Uh, in, in most polls, I think, and then uh, you know, um, Kennedy is, has has you know risen to the top ten, and now you know beating a, a, a top three ranked wrestler, he's he's having a good 
a, a great season. He's really doing well. And, you know, I'm going to throw also into that Glacier. We'll talk to him in a minute. But those two, man, are just – they're sparkling. And the thing about Patrick Kennedy that I just really like is there's a there's a grinder vibe from him where he he's a guy that not like not like Max Mirren who used to lead with his face, right? He used to joke about how he would lead with his face because he was beat up and crazy. Yeah. Um, but there there's a physical element to the way Patrick Kennedy wrestles and I think prefers to wrestle even that you know if you marriage the technique with with that physicality you know and and he's able to match strength with some of these 74 pounders I think that's that's what's gonna help him uh, have his best finish you know in college so far right and that's kind of a prototypical Iowa style wrestling guy right there. And, and, uh, and you're exactly right. You put that, that physicality in with that technique and, and good things happen. So where um, are guys? Exactly. And and you'll see, I think him win a lot of matches with those higher echelon guys late in the match uh, with that physicality that he hits in early to kind of wear them down and, and, uh, and uh, be able to get points you know on the board, like in this match at, uh, towards the end of the match. You know, uh, as far as the other performers, you know, uh, just up and down the lineup, I really like the effort from from most of the guys. Uh, obviously, Drake Ayala um, took care of business. You know, you, you mentioned Glazier, and I know a lot of people have really, you know, started to uh, – to look at, he's undefeated. He's racking up bonus point victories, and I almost still think that he gets overlooked. And maybe it's because he's not very animated. You know, he's just a real business-like guy out there. But I think he's been very offensive. Um, you know, I think a lot of the points that he scored is stuff off he what he's initiated. So, you know, he's been offensive. He's been aggressive. And I still get this feeling that people just overlook him or, or underestimate him or underrate him. Right. And and, and awesome. right. Other than Aaron Brooks at 97, to me it seems like the potential's there. I mean, Brooks is heads and above everyone, in my opinion. He he might be the best oh, yeah. at, all, at all weights. And uh, but um right. And so, you know, so Glazier can, you know, he can put himself anywhere, you know, kind of like uh, Jacob Warner, you know, did, uh, was able to do, uh, make the, set, the, the finals of the nationals. And, and uh, so, you know, hopefully that can happen because the kids, you're right, it's kind of been quiet. And, and maybe because he hasn't had that any top level wins yet. I mean, I'm not sure he's wrestled anyone yet that I can think of. Uh, oh, other than <laughs> all red, I guess. Oh, yeah. And and uh, you know so Joel's, I I thought Joel's Joel's was a decent from Minnesota you know uh, I I thought he was a decent competitor maybe I'm kind of putting too much on on him but right yeah. but I think I think Glazier's carrying a little bit extra chip on his shoulder you know with you know kind of with what happened in December and. And uh, he's, you know, he's still out to prove that he's the man. And even though that that might already been be done and resolved, and 
and uh, might be a moot point, but it doesn't matter. He's still in his mind is, you know, I, I think that's a good thing, really, if, if that's the case. You know, So we'll see. No, I agree with you uh, for sure. You know, whenever – any way you can stoke that fire is uh, is good, you know. Right. Um, just kind of – thought there was something with uh I don't, I'm not sure how many wins over rank guys he he does have but I thought that, thought there was like you know four or five uh ranked wins that he has even though most of them have kind of been on the back half of the rankings um but still um he's putting together a a good a good season um you know you, you talk about uh just some of the competition um, and at 33, that's one of the weight classes that seems like it's still up in the air. Um, you had both the two 33 pounders in the lineup against Illinois. Colin Trever wrestled 33 and uh beat number 30 Tony Madrigal nine to one uh, with a major. And then Brody Teske moved up to 141 to step in for Real Woods, and he got a 5 0 win over uh Will Basinger. So you had both 33-pounders in there. Uh, Shriver with a, a, another bonus point victory. Man, you know, I don't know how you feel about it, but but right now I've maybe been a little more impressed with, uh, with the way Shriver has wrestled, but it's hard to overlook the, the experience that Teske has and whether or not that will – make a difference in the last uh, month and a half of the season. Well, I think that's exactly what the coaches are, are <laughs> confronted with. Uh, you know, she was showing well and, and Teske has, you know, stubbed his toe at a time, at least once, you know, and, uh, mm -hmm. and you know, so uh, I, that might be something that has to happen in the, in the room. You know, it, I, we, we don't get to see how they compete in the room and how they're training and that sort of thing and all the other things, peripheral things that, that can affect, uh, you know, dieting and, and, uh, classroom and academics and, and, uh, you know, just those types of things. But, uh, so they may end up doing a rustle off, you know, an in-house rustle off that we don't even know about or something to figure it out. Yeah. I, that's pretty rare if they would do that, but, uh, this late in the right. season, but, uh, right now, both of them are set up to have a, a you know, a pretty good, I mean, they still got a couple of weeks to use that competitive thing between them, uh, you know, to, to maybe, you have one guy excel or whatever, but, uh, um, you know, we'll see, you know, come maybe the, the last few meets that they have left, you know, Penn state one might decide, you know, how, how they can compete, right. whatever they put on the mat there, that might really let us know. But one thing that is kind of neat, uh, it's the first meet this year. And I don't even remember last year if they did it, but they, that they evidently drew, drew the weight, out with the Illinois meet and, and don't yeah. forget you're out 33, which means that it's pretty much the same. Other than yeah, it's pretty close. <laughs> so uh, it made me giggle when I saw that because I don't think Coach Brands <laughs> is, is real big on that, but he thought, well, let's just do it once and then it, that's how it ends up. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah for, first time uh, that they haven't started at 25. Um, just kind of looking at, you know, we talked about uh, Ayala with a, a tech fall. 
Uh, Franick uh, had a tech fall at 157, finally kind of opened things up a little bit. Michael Caliendo uh, did as well at 65. Um, Bradley Hill with a pin. And, you know, I know – so there's always, a, there's always a saying that the backup quarterback is the most popular – guy on the football team right with fans and I know there's a lot of people that are, are clamoring for Ben Keeter um you know I I want to see him uh wrestle more as well but gosh Bradley Hill has done a decent job I know decent probably isn't the standard that many Iowa fans uh want to hang their hat on but still you know like can't be overlooked that that Bradley Hill really, you know, has done a decent job and he's a viable option there. I know there's going to be some tougher heavyweights coming down the pike, obviously, um, starting this weekend with uh, Davison from from Michigan. But got, gosh, you got to like what Bradley Hill has done, and he got a big pin um, over an undersized. Uh, guy from Illinois, but still, um, you know, he's done well. Right. And you talked about Glazer being uh, kind of the underrated. I, I would put Hill even above Glazer in that respect, you know. Really? Now, he hasn't had quite the success, but he's he's had a lot of great success. I don't know what his record is now, probably like 16, maybe in four or something like that. Is it yeah, that handy? Yeah, could... But that, now to tack, tack on to that in the – and the uh, Northwestern meet, then they did put Keeter in. So it make, makes me think they want to get Keeter another match, you know, against not a high le- higher level heavyweight uh, like his first meet match. But, uh, um, and then, uh, uh, you know, so we'll see. I, I, I'm still curious. I think they pulled a shirt off of Keeter. Um, I get that feeling. So you, you right now, you, you're, you have the, the feeling that, Peter will be the heavyweight when the postseason comes around. Yeah, and the the thing that would prevent me from not thinking that is if it's not a great separation between Keeter and Hill in the room. So then they uh, they uh, you know if, if if we don't think Keeter can do a whole lot better in, in placement than Hill, then maybe that's not worth it. You know, at the national tournament. So um, you know because Keeter is undersized in in a lot of matches but he's got the skill that uh, probably more than most at heavyweight and uh I thought it was I thought it was interesting that uh in his uh post match uh, uh interview with Matt Nelson from the University of Iowa that they distribute out that Peter kind of slipped in a comment about how he's gaining weight which I thought was uh Interesting and odd all in one, just because you don't normally kind of think, oh, you're you're getting into uh getting further and further along in training and you're gaining weight, even though I'm sure that's a focus for him being from 220, wanting to get up 10, 20, 20 pounds heavier, um, you know, to to wrestle heavyweight and, and be a linebacker, but uh, I thought that was interesting too that he he mentioned that. Um, right. uh, by the way, Hill is fifteen and four now. Fifteen and four, not sixteen and four. I was a guest. <laughs> I was in Duval. Oh, yeah, I think because uh, he won at Purdue, oh, yeah, won yeah. at yeah. Illinois. 
Yeah. yeah. I was thinking he had two wins this weekend, but Keita Russell. So that was my mistake. Yeah. There. And okay. yeah. So uh, might as well mention that, you know, they blank Northwestern win 46 zero. Uh, Keeter finishes it off with a pin in, in 45 seconds. Uh, so you don't really get a good gauge on where his shape is after that Minnesota duel, but I'm sure it's, uh, I'm sure it's coming along nicely. I can imagine, uh, you know, otherwise for, for him and, and everything, but, you know, two and oh, with two pins this weekend, I think, you know, with Davison, how do you handle that? That's a, that's a good, that's a great test. You know, you got a high level heavyweight. Maybe that would be a, a really good gauge of sending him out there, seeing what he has, uh, you know, against the top five uh, guy. And then the picture might come into focus a little bit about whether, you know, does he, is it going to be in his best interest uh, to wrestle in this postseason? Right. And I'd almost say that true with, with either one. If Hills takes the mat, same situation. If he, you know, if this is a good opportunity for Hill to show the coaches that, hey, I'm ready and you can keep the shirt on, Keeter. And, and uh, you know, so, um, yeah, that's going to be a, that's a, uh, a point of, of interest for sure for a lot of fans. Um, one of the things that stood out at Northwestern for me, Aiden Riggins finally getting a, a, a victory. Um, you know, uh, before the the weekend, the pre our preview was on Aiden Riggins and kind of what he's done for the team, even though it hasn't uh, resulted in a lot of uh, dual wins, especially on the Big Ten side. Um, you know, he lost in overtime at, at Illinois. Um and then finally got a win over a ranked wrestler uh, from Northwestern. Um, but just the, the fact that <laughs> here's a kid a year and a half ago, started his college career, and he wrestled at 157. You know, And even over the course of last season, he wrestled some at 174, started this year at 174, bumped up because, you know, I was – Bodies at 184 were depleted because of the gambling investigation. Um, you know, and you, you just try to make uh, lemonade out of lemons, right? And he's stepping in. Um, what I thought was really cool was the fact that, you know, he's not just happy helping the team, right? It's, you know... We're not, no moral victories here. I want I want to win. You know, I think there's a sense of realism that hey, they're gonna be sometimes might get out horsed, you know, and I think he's working to try to get bigger and stronger, um, so he can handle that better. But you know, hey, I'm not just gonna be satisfied with going out there and only getting beat by seven or six and not give up bonus points. I want to go out there and win. And it was good to finally see him kind of get over that hump, at least in Big Ten competition. Right, and you you brought up all the hurdles that he has. For, you know, obviously eighty four is the big the big hole for for Iowa, and uh, you know they're confronted with do they run with Aiden or do they pull the shirt off uh, of Gabe Arnold and 
you know, but Gabe's going to be at 74. Can he go to 84? You know, he's potential to be a four timer if he sits in you know, red shirts and all those questions that, are, that they're, they're, I'm sure, uh, dealing with. But uh, I don't see them pulling the shirt off of Gabe Arnold personally. Um, and and uh, so that that being said, Riggins needs to really get a, a, on this last few uh, dual meet stretch, you know, before the Big Tens. He needs to get some some wins and some quality wins to be able to get himself at least a little bit higher seed than where he's sitting right now. Uh, so that he has an opportunity to be a qualifier, and once you're in the show, then then you know you're you're there, and you can make that you know make your you know, your moves then as well. But you got to get there, and uh, you know so make yourself an easier route right now, as well as giving yourself some some uh, confidence and some and some momentum going into the postseason. So yeah, good points, KJ. Yeah, you know, and uh, just looking at what's awaiting. Uh, Riggins right now. Um, you know, so uh, they've got Michigan coming up. Uh, Michigan has Jaden Bollock, who's ranked number 16. You know, he's coming off the win over number 24, Fisher. Um, but Jaden Bollock uh, from Michigan is ranked 16th. Uh, then you've got uh, Truax the week after. He's ranked fourth. Um, and then you've got Wisconsin, uh, who doesn't have a ranked wrestler in the top 20, according to, to win. Um, and then you've got Dustin Plott from Oklahoma State um, to finish out the regular season, who's ranked number two. Um, yeah, so he's got a tough road to, uh, ahead of him here. You know, so he's definitely going to have to uh, if if I was going to be able to push him through, he's going to have to hope they have a lot of allocations in the for the Big Ten at that weight, and he put he put together a pretty good conference tournament out at Maryland uh, to be able to go on. Well, I would see in those two the meets remaining meets you mentioned. I would see uh, Iowa putting. Um, Gabe Arnold out on the mat against Penn State and Oklahoma State, personally, against uh, okay. X and, and Plot. That's my guess. Uh, and then, so he wouldn't have probably have a chance to to uh, compete against those wrestlers. That's my. That's what I think will happen. But that's a good. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Um, just a couple other things from Iowa's weekend. Uh, they were eighteen and two overall. The two losses that they had. Were uh, were both sudden victory losses. Rachi at one forty nine against Illinois, and then Riggins at one eighty four. Um, so they're really close to to sweeping their way through the uh, weekend. Out of the eighteen wins, fourteen were bonus point wins. Eight technical falls, three pins, three majors. Um, total, they allowed just three takedowns over the two. Uh, over the two duels and two of those came in sudden victory against uh, Illinois. So only one takedown in regulation in those 20 matches. So right. uh, they're offensive and then they're stingy as well. Or maybe a good offense is the best defense, right? That's the old adage. So well, it's like that, but 
the the one flag that kind of comes up for me is is Frannick in in the Northwestern meet had to go to Sudden Victory to get the win, but he's you know been keeping it close. And obviously, he well, Chumley's not bad. Chumley's not bad. Oh, he's good. But then if you're number two in the nation, man, you should be putting that hammer down, not That's going to Sudden Victory and. And uh, you know he, we've said that all year. He keeps it close, and it just worries me that he's gonna he's gonna let another one slip because we already did that once. So, um, but again, Chumley's good. But and that was a good match for Northwestern. But it, you know, it was a loss yet for them. So anyway, here we- here's one thing I want to throw by you really quick too, as far as the Big Ten this season. Um. I think there is a huge gap between the top six teams and the rest of the conference. You know, um, I th- I think there have been years where it's just been deep and you've got those teams in the middle, you know, 7 to 10, 7 to 11, 6 to 11, that are really, really close. Here, you know, you've got a huge gap between Penn State and the rest. You've got Iowa that I think is a firm number two. Then you've got Nebraska, Michigan, Ohio State. Minnesota's done well. But after those six teams, I think there's a huge drop-off. You know, Illinois wasn't competitive. Uh, Northwestern, no. Wisconsin, we've seen them. Uh, didn't didn't Iowa State blank them earlier this season? Yeah, that was early. They're coming on though a little bit now, so they're they're starting to adjust okay. out there. And then, then I, you know, but Indiana doesn't. You know, Purdue uh, has taken a huge step back from from before. I really haven't followed Michigan State too much. You know, Maryland's not there. You know, Rutgers maybe is kind of the bridge between that top, uh, that top tier and and the bottom tier. Maybe they're the the bridge there between the two. But yep. yeah, it just seems like there's not parity and there's just a big gap between the haves and the have-nots. Right. That used to be a big. Uh, what's the term in bicycling? The uh, the the peloton or whatever the, the big mm-hmm. mass that was behind. And you're right. There's not. It's kind of it's kind of gap. Yappy. Is that a word? <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll make it a word. <laughs> so Michigan coming up this Friday. Um, you know, I think if Iowa wrestles the way they have the last uh, uh, few weeks, um, they're they're going to be uh, pretty good. But, you know, Michigan's got some really tough guys. Is this something – could this – could this be one of those trap duels where, you know, teams looking ahead to, to Penn State and kind of get bit with Michigan, who has guys like Amin and Griffith and Ragusen, uh, Davison, you know, guys like that? Or is this one that you like Iowa to come away with? Oh, I don't think Iowa needs to look ahead of anyone. They're 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 I'm, they're the favorite on paper, but you know, they're Michigan's good enough. You don't look at you don't look past Michigan, um, and then I, I don't think they can do that with the rest of their schedule. It's it's a 
I mean, you mentioned it. It's a strong schedule, so um, or the, the finish of it anyway. So, and, and you know, with Oklahoma State, they're they're looking good as well. They're really progressing quite well. We'll talk about them in a minute, but but mm -hmm. uh, that's the final meet, right, for Iowa. And uh, so, yes. you can't look yep. past anyone. <laughs> yeah, I forgot Luan's still there. So, in the middle of that lineup. You're going to have some really, really good matchups, I think, uh, where you have, I would assume, uh, you know, Rachi would be favorite. Well, no, uh, they've got Gomez back. So, you know, that's going to be a tough one. Will Lujan uh, is still in the Michigan lineup at 157. So that'll be a tough matchup for Franick. Uh Then you've got uh, Caliendo and Amin, um, 65. Then you've got Shane Griffith at uh, 74. And whether or not you see Kennedy, maybe you see Gabe Arnold um, there. You don't know. Um, 184, I think that's a winnable match um, for Iowa. So... Uh, you know, and then we mentioned Davison at uh, heavyweight uh, as well. You know, Michael D. Augustino. Um, you know he he hasn't really been the form that he's been in the past, but you can't overlook him, and and that'll be a tough one for Ayala. You know, and we mentioned Ragusin at uh, thirty three. So yeah, it'll be a it'll be a tough one. I think it's one Iowa should win, but like you said, you can't put the cart in front of the horse here, um, and they'll have to take care of business in Ann Arbor. Right, and again, Iowa has a, a tendency to keep matches close, so they can at least they have this year, so they can, you know, that can always you know end up in a upset there or whatever. But I guess that works both ways too. So. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's a tough lineup Michigan has, and I think you're right. I was probably favored, but but it's, it's close enough that not, they're not favored by much. Right. Well, let's head down to where the wind goes sweeping through the plains, right? Um, <laughs> in Oklahoma, um, <laughs> Iowa State, you and I both uh, go one and one there. Oklahoma State, I think, really kind of proved a little something uh, with big wins there. You know, they had fallen off a little bit um, in the last couple of years, but, man, the Cowboys have really surged, resurged, and they're looking good. Right, and they uh, they won four of the six matches in that meet and, uh, and then had a couple of uh, bonus point wins there, so – um, yeah, that, uh, that was, but the, the good thing on the Iowa state side was it was nice to see Casey Swiderski back. He hasn't been in the lineup mm -hmm. since December 2nd and, uh, he had a good weekend. He, he walked away with two, two wins against, um, rated guys, a 30, the 32nd rated ranked guy and the 17th ranked guy, but good wins for him for having a big gap. He, I always thought he was, and that guy, he's a, He's kind of a junkyard dog side sort of a wrestler. He he'll get out and you know fight hard for that bone, <laughs> so to speak. 
Um, Oklahoma State is now ten and zero, so they're one of three un unbeaten uh, dual teams. Of course, the other two being number one Penn State and number two Iowa. Penn State seven zero, Iowa ten and zero. Oklahoma State now ten and zero after wins over Iowa State and you and I, um, and Iowa State holding strong at number four. Um, now ten and two with their only losses coming to Iowa and Oklahoma State. Uh, it, it's worth noting that uh, Iowa State was without Cody Chittum. Uh, Chittum didn't make the the trip. I believe Kevin Dresser mentioned last week that a um, little bit of a uh, situation with a concussion that occurred in practice. So uh, he didn't travel. Um, it wasn't worth the the risk. And, you know, I think you see coaches really um, taking that kind of thing seriously when it happens. So well, uh, when they that... didn't have him, Jason Kreiser stepped in. Um, not sure it would have made really a huge difference at um, Okie State. But... Right. And, and when that con- concussion happens, it's it's out of the coach's hands. Now it becomes the, the, uh, trainers and, the you know, so, and then, and that's good for the coaches because they, you know, they don't need to be able to deal with that. And, and, and you, the, obviously the athlete's health is the most important thing. And it, if the coach doesn't have to decide that's good <laughs> yeah. coach here. So for sure. Um, let's see if we, let's see if we kind of mashed up on this. The Oklahoma State duel, Oklahoma State won 21-12. Who is the most impressive in that duel, regardless of team? Uh, well, I mean, David Carr is doing David Carr things, if that's what you – Yes. I mean, it's hard to match that guy, for sure. Um, not not the fact that he won, but the way that he won. Right. 8-1. Uh, to one. And was dominant, you know. That's uh, you know, that that tells me that he's he's in high gear heading to the last, you know, last part of the season. Right now, that's eight to one against the number four ranked Russell. Yeah. So that's what why that's impressive. I mean, eight eight to one score from David Carr. That's kind of unimpressive, but now it's number four guy. And we saw what Olenek did at the beginning of the season. Right. He, he tore through some really, really good wrestlers, including Hamity and, uh, you know, won the Cliff Keen. So, you know, that's that's a, a strong win against a top-flight opponent. Now, to, to, to follow up with that, mm-hmm. Andre Bastida is just – that guy just continues to impress me and you. I know both of us. So, mm-hmm. and that guy's he beat number nine and number eleven, and he beat number nine seven to two and number eleven fourteen to four major. I mean, this is a guy that we didn't know if he could handle it two eighty five at the beginning of the season. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was a uh, I was amazed with uh, uh, comments by the uh, the broadcast team that said he's about two forty. I mean, he looks thick and strong. But the fact that he's at 240 tells me, you know, he he uh, he put on some some good weight, some good muscle, 
uh, and it hasn't affected his athleticism and his quickness. Here, here's what really impressed me about Younger Bastida, and I was watching uh, that match with uh, my uh, my daughter and, and, and wife, and it's four to two, and usually heavyweights, you just stay in good position, finish things out. He scored that final takedown later, didn't need it. It was off his shot. He wasn't countering it. He went and looked to add one more score, which I thought the first thing I said to my daughter was he was proving a point right there. You know, that's that's proving the point saying I can score on you anytime I want. You remember that the next time you're on the mat with me that you know, I'm. You're not going to have any confidence coming back because of what I just did. Right. He's so explosive, and and I mean, this confidence is right now just it's getting huge. And he he appears to me to be a, a kid that when he's got confidence, look out. And he loves being yeah. on his feet. I mean, so where are you going to beat him at on the mat? Yeah, you, you have to get him down there first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and even. Even his mat wrestling has improved. You know, Doucette, uh rode him for a little bit, but then Bastida was able to get up off a restart and get an escape. So, you know, he's improved on his mat wrestling too. And, you know, that's where you normally would have an advantage on him, and that's starting to shrink for opponents. Right. I don't know. Do you play the heavyweight game and just push and shove and – and wait till you get someone tired and do you try and get him tired? I don't know what the strategy to beat him is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure because he, he's looked really good. And I, that, that weekend was a, a big weekend because you saw his power too with Heinzelman. Did you see that, uh, that takedown where he pretty much launched, uh, Heinzelman from Oklahoma and just stuck him right in the mat, um, bringing him down. Right. And that's that explosiveness that I'm talking about, man. He's just, you know, he ends strength and power. And yeah. Um, you know, just kind of looking um, at uh, some of the matches, or a lot of, there are a few of them could have gone the other direction, you know, maybe 125. 141. Um, so that's, uh, you know, that that's a duel that Iowa State could turn around, um, possibly. Um, so I, I highly doubt that's one that they're, they're going to dwell on or, or rue about. Um, you know, um, I think they realize, you know, Oklahoma State won it. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things that we could have changed or, you know, we could have been full strength. I don't think they're going to lose too much sleep over that one. At least I wouldn't if I was Iowa State, um, who hosts West Virginia this weekend. Right. And, uh, the uh, you know, so they're kind of looking at the, the Big 12s, you know, trying to even that out at the Big 12s. And, you know, here's another thing I'm looking at at Nationals. Whenever uh, we see an Oklahoma State a box score. We always have to look at least for the last six years, I think at, at 33 at, at Dayton yeah. fix, but you know, here's fix. Who's been around for six years. I think it's been six, I think. <laughs> eight, 10. <maybe. laughs> it has been more. It seems like uh, no. 
I think he wrestled Joey Slayton in the uh, NCAA finals one year. I'm being I'm being facetious and silly now, but <laughs> so anyway, uh, the um, uh, with if you look at those top three at 33, I'm like Fix is ranked third, and then Arusha right is ranked second, and then who's the who's a freshman um, starts with a C, not Crickham. Uh, Crickham, yeah, Crickham that that beat uh, Arusha, and I'm like, I didn't think Arusha was beatable, and then he beat him early in the season. So I mean, I don't know. Is this fix can fix win the national tournament? He's got to hit, look at that semifinal match if it gets seeded like that, and they make it through. It'd be Arusha versus Fix in the semifinals. Holy cow! So yeah, <laughs> just yeah. Kind of fun to speculate. You know, and then then you look, you know, the, the top five includes Ragusin from Michigan and Nagao. Um, after his move to Penn State, that's, uh, you know, that's a tough field. Exactly. That's crazy. I love it. Yep. <laughs> and here's one to keep your eye on, too. Nasir Bailey from Arkansas Little Rock. Uh, he, he's been really impressive. He's ranked number seven in the, the win rankings, but – uh, he's going to be somebody to keep your eye on. Of course, we'll, you know, once we get closer to the NCAs and stuff, we'll hash all that stuff out. But yeah, it's just kind of fun to think about seeing fix this weekend. But sure, for sure. Um, yeah, and then, then we mentioned uh, Iowa State pretty much. Both, both Iowa State and you and I uh, handled Oklahoma. Um, Iowa State beat the Sooners 37-4. Uh, the only loss coming at uh, 197 was Stephen Buchanan, uh, the former uh, All-American from Wyoming um, in the lineup for the Sooners, ranked number two behind uh, Aaron Brooks at 97. So he got a major, but everybody else uh, came away with wins there. So... Uh, nothing real surprising, I don't think, in that Oklahoma duel. Right. Uh, in, in Iowa State duel, uh, Crazer at 57 beat the number 30, uh, 31-ranked uh, Hill okay. from OU. And then also uh, Gaten at 74 beat uh, Piccolo, the 29th-ranked. So beat a couple of low-ranked wrestlers. The, the, both of those Iowa State wrestlers are unranked. So, uh, oh, no, Gaten's 23rd one, I think. But uh, – um, anyway, um, it's nice, nice wins whenever you beat a ranked guy. For sure. Sometimes when you're wrestling a team like Oklahoma that's not real strong, you you get on that momentum, you know, that, that ball. I always thought of it as a big ball of snow rolling down the hill. And Oh, sure. You know, so you kind of keep the momentum in, in your side of the mat. So, uh, and it's hard when you're when you're coming out and you look up the scoreboard and you're losing your team's losing you know twenty six to four or something by the time you get right. out. <laughs> yep, and and it just raises the uh, the energy and stuff of your teammates when you go out there and you get a you get a big win. Um, like you said, you know that snowball starts rolling and you gain a lot of confidence and energy and excitement. Um. You know, when you do string together those wins. 
right? And you don't want to be the guy that doesn't win. You look <laughs> up on the score and you're the four, and that sucks. <laughs> I'm just tell you right now. <laughs> I can understand that. Um, well, let's look at you and I too. You know, they uh, they opened with Oklahoma State and then finished off with Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma State with a 22-12 win um, over the Panthers. Uh, Panthers did get uh, uh, four victories. Uh, the one that – a couple of them stand out. Um, one, Parker Kekeisen faced uh, uh, number two, Dustin Plott from Oklahoma State. This is the second time that Keck Eisen has wrestled a one versus two match, right? Going right. back to the All-Star Classic with Truex mm-hmm. um, at that time. And, of course, he's still unbeaten. And I think the win over Plot really uh, really showed he's head and shoulders above the rest, uh, beating Plot 12 to 6. Right. And then Plot came out and got the first takedown. And then, uh, and then it was all – Kekaisen, and especially in the third period, but you know that's coming. The guy's a he's a, an energizer bunny. He, he has he doesn't run out of steam ever. And uh, um, so you're right. It is I don't they don't count that all star meet evidently, but but uh, it doesn't matter. It's one versus two. Call it what you want. And yeah. so that's two nice wins there. Uh, it's the the thing that's kind of fun for me to say, and I know you as well, KJ, is that is that. You and I had four guys go two and zero on the weekend. Kekaisen, as you would expect, but then Happel, uh, Downey, and Volker, all Iowa high school athletes. That right. I just love that. You know that Happel is just on a roll. He is doing it. He's currently ranked six in most polls, and and uh, he beat the number nine ranked Jameson from Oklahoma in a four to two match. So good win there for him. For sure. You know, one of the things that stands out to me about Kale Happel was talking to him in the preseason at media day. He he mentioned something about, you know, when you get to college, you think you have to change all this stuff up because it's a different level and different things. But it almost was like he reset at the beginning of this year and went back to all those things that made him good and realized you don't have to change everything right you know you do have to make tweaks and you have to adjust and adapt to to the different level but stick to the things that made you good in the first place i think he i think he's done that you know that whole that the kiss method keep it simple stupid you know um i i think we're seeing like one of the best versions of kale happel and i think it's rooted in you know what he's always, always done, you right. know, he, aggressive and strong and, you know, really letting things, uh, you know, even if you're not scoring points, you're still creating a lot of action. Um, and eventually it will lead to points. Right. And you're, and you're right. Uh, it's neat to hear you say that, hear him say that. And, you know, I always mention that as well, that it's not the big moves that, that, generally when you matches it's the little things you do you know the tweaking things now you're right you can't hold on to ankles and when you know, or grab ankles necessarily in, in college you have to when you're on top riding you know you have to 
uh, you have to do that upper, bo upper body. Otherwise, you're going to get the stall count and give up uh, warnings and points. So, I mean, there's some little tweaking that you have to do. But, you know, I, I love that he's – I kind of I kind of compare his journey with his older brothers. That It was kind of a spot wrestler. Got to wrestle here and there at varsity and not – not every day, you know, every day, every meet. And so I'm really liking that, that he's doing so well, taking the opportunity, you know, do so well for he and his family. And it's just, you know, man, I couldn't cheer more for the guy. That's good. I hope he does well. Uh, and what about Ryder Downey? Good. If, uh, if we would have talked about this at the beginning of November, middle of November, and talk about what Ryder Downey has done or is going to do, would you have believed it? You know what? Would you have expected this kind of season from Ryder Downey, I guess is what I'm Okay, No, but would I believe it? Yes, because after we saw what, what happened in the state finals and we know it, the guy's gritty oh. tough. And, yep. uh, and so, uh, you know, that would, you know, that that's what wouldn't surprise me because, you know, he, we know he's got that, that you know, who's to say sand packed up the old? <laughs> <laughs> you got grip. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, you know, and then you you kind of mentioned uh, uh, Wyatt Volker. Um, he got a win uh, over uh, Jersey Rob, who had a big major decision over uh, I believe Broderson. Um, in the Iowa State duel. So Volker had a nice weekend getting a pin against Oklahoma and then a win over Rob at Oklahoma State to go 2-0 um, with Keck Eisen, Happel, and Downey. Right. That, great two wins for him. And, uh, again, there's a guy that's on a roll. He did a lot of off-season wrestling. And, uh, and uh, you know, I think it's paid off, you know. And, and uh, not that the others didn't, but, you know, his was – we were aware of his. And uh, you know, so I'm just I'm glad to see his growth and continue to rise to to, to that top. Um and you and I beat Oklahoma 30 to 12. Um, you know, that that was a good uh good showing there um to close out the weekend on Sunday. Julian Farber, who who's kind of climbed up the uh the rankings. Um and that was somebody Schwab said to keep an eye on. Um, I think some people were looking for Corey Land, uh, who's hurt. Uh, but he mentioned don't overlook Julian Farber, who's going to be their 33-pounder. And and Schwab was right on, a heck of a competitor. He won by major decision against Oklahoma. Jared Seema at 174 uh, had a fall as well to go along with those other uh Four guys that went to an O on the weekend. So, yeah, uh, good good showing for you and I, who also has West Virginia coming up this weekend uh, on Sunday at the McLeod Center. So West Virginia will be in Ames at Hilton on Friday, uh, Cedar Falls at the McLeod Center on Sunday. Right, and uh, Farber impressed me. I, I was watching him uh, at the uh, um, the Cliff Keen earlier this year, and I. After watching him, I'm going, I like this guy. He's a competitor and tough nose as well. Um, but they, uh, I, I'm going to talk about a guy with two losses on the weekend because there were significant losses, and that's Terrell Gordon up at heavy. Oh, yeah. I mean, he wrestled the uh, Duchette, 
uh, at, from uh, Oklahoma State that's ranked ninth or seventh or somewhere in there, and uh, lost in tiebreaker there, four to three, tiebreaker one, and then uh, to Heinzelman, who's ranked eleventh uh, or somewhere in that vicinity, and he lost in sudden victory one there, four to one, so he got taken down there. So he had two uh, losses to quality uh, wrestlers, but he's so close, and you know, and uh, man, I, I hope the best for him too. He's a good kid. Yep, and and you hope that uh, that's uh, those are learning those are learning things, right? Uh, things that are so close, and uh, you know, when you get to the Big uh, Twelve tournament, or even you know, in Kansas City at the national tournament, um, that he can turn those around. You'd like to think so, especially at heavyweight. Those, you know, about anything can happen. You know, right. Right. Does. but. Anyway, yep. well, uh, before we get to the Battle of the Bergs, I just want to mention Iowa women's wrestling really quick. Uh, you know, they've they've added some competitions along the way. They went out to Indiana, um, had a couple of duels there. Uh, they wrestled Campbellsville uh, and won 42-2. Uh, then they blanked Indiana Tech 42 nothing. Um, and then kind of interesting that on Friday they wrestled duels. Uh, they stayed there on Saturday, and, and there was an open uh, tournament that Indiana Tech posted. Um, Iowa came away with uh, uh, a quartet of champions um, there, including uh, Lily Luft. Um, she uh, won her first uh, college tournament, of course. She had a familiar uh, foe. Uh, Zayna McBride from Life. Um, McBride beat her at the Soldier Salute. Luft avenged that loss uh, at the Iowa Duels and then won the uh, the rubber match um, for the title at the uh, Indiana Tech Tournament. Um, Reese Lermendi, uh she won at 143. Uh, of course, she wrestled uh, Ella Schmidt, the former Benton Bettendorf uh uh, wrestler and uh, in the finals and came away uh, with a 13-6 win there. Um, Kylie Welker uh, also won, beat teammate Haley Ward in the finals um, there. And then uh, J.C. Uh, Fuller had a victory or, or championship at 191 for, for Iowa. Um, Iowa had 21 tech falls over the course of the tournament, which I think is uh, pretty uh, pretty amazing. And they went 59 and 13 overall, so um, that was uh, that was pretty impressive um, on Saturday. So uh, they have uh, a meet at the University of Sioux Falls um, tomorrow. Wednesday, January 31st. And then I believe they're also adding um I'll have to double check, but I thought they're all they're adding a a tournament this weekend as well. And they're getting closer and closer to um the postseason, which is less than a month away. Right. I mean, right now they're in the driver's seat uh for a national title, it would seem. Uh mm -hmm. obviously things are a little different than duels, but but uh, uh, you know they've got the, the uh, 
the, they're, they're going to have their lineup. They're going to have a number of top ranked wrestlers and, and uh, you know, so we'll wait and see on that one, you know, but I think they're definitely in the driver's seat to win that championship. Oh, sure. And having it right in their, their own backyard, I think is going to just add to that comfort level. And, um, you know, when they, when they prepare, um, as well, so right. and you'll yeah. remember most of them were at that tournament last year, sitting up in the stands. They weren't able to. Yeah, remember that? They were up there watching. You know, they were thinking about that and dreaming about it, and so that's motivation right there. And so you're exactly right, for sure, for sure. Now, the biggest duel on the D three landscape every year is the Battle of the Bergs. You've experienced quite a few of those. Um, this one didn't disappoint. Uh, it was a close duel at the uh, NWCA multi-divisional duels. Um, Wartburg won by two. This one, even closer. Um, you know, just go, it went down to the very bitter end, didn't it? Yes, it did. It was like so exciting. It was the most exciting meet I've seen in a long time. It was... Uh... Uh, the uh, and you're right. Uh, uh, Wartburg won the 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 duel at the uh, the national duels to become the national champions. And then this is not the first time that this has happened because that happened uh, in the reverse. Uh, Wartburg got upset back when Kyle was wrestling and then won the Battle of the Bergs. And then uh, so this is not the first time that that's happened that reverses. So that, that first meet doesn't mean diddly. <laughs> so let me, <laughs> let me kind of take you through it. The the uh, the uh, the, the d differences were that at 157, um, the, that match was reversed. So uh, Blake Jokazinski from uh, Augustana, of Augustana, of Augsburg, was able to defeat Daniel Meeker from Wartburg. And that was a, one of the, the, the differences there. And then uh, as a, that's at 157. And then 165, I got to mention this. I'm going, I don't know how Nathan Fuller got pinned in the last duel. And I go, well, that's not going to happen again. Well, this Cooper Willis, who's ranked number three, uh, was, was winning the match, but gets on top and throws a cradle on it and turns him over and pins him. And I'm like, how does that happen? This kid's got a cradle that, that was just about unstoppable, evidently. Really? And then, uh, and then it went down to the 80 or with the 84 pound match. Uh, so now it, it's, uh, it's 16. 13 going into the 84 pound match. So basically whatever happens at 84, 97 has to match it. That's the uh, uh, Warburg's national champion. So, um, so uh, the uh, Augsburg 84 pounder won, won the match and then by major and then uh, the 97 pounder from Warburg, he's wrestled the number four ranked kid. So it was a tough kid was only able to get the decision and that made it 1917. So now it comes down to, a, a regular decision and, and Augsburg will win the meet uh, and because of that major that happened at 84. And so it, so the, and then Warburg pulls out this, this guy's a monster. Uh, <laughs> Mitchell Williamson uh, that evidently is from Wisconsin. He was a, a, uh, um, was, well, I think you said he was a junior college national champion in night, like junior, 2018. Yep. Or something. Yeah. Uh, Right around so 2020. 2020. Yep. Yeah, right in there. But he's a high school draft. 
in 2018. So he's an older kid and uh, older man, a younger man. Yeah, anyway. right. yeah, but he's, and he's only considered a sophomore. Evidently. I don't know how that works. Oh, wow. But uh, um, anyway, so this matches and he got in on and the, the Augsburg kid is ranked fourth and a good wrestler athletic, but he's undersized now just a bit. And uh, uh, Williamson was able to get in on the leg early in the match. Uh, first, I think first period and, and, and uh, Kim fought it off and then uh, kind of pushing and shoving the rest and then goes into a uh, tiebreaker and Kim gets away. He takes down, uh, gets away and gets the point. So now it's, it's uh, two to one. And then Williamson, instead of taking down, takes neutral to try and get the win with the takedown. And then he gets in on a leg and gets it up and they do a scramble. I mean, it's an incredible scramble for heavyweights, right. for anyweight, but especially for heavyweights. And, you know, just doing that, uh, rolling through, grabbing legs, coming up uh, on the feet, diving. <laughs> and with, and I'm going, holy cow, the timer's going down. And finally the buzzer rings and the referee waves no and, and uh, Augsburg. And, and you gotta, I got to kind of set the setting in the gym. It's a packed house. And then right along that side, they have portable bleachers set up with, and it's full of, of, uh, of, uh, alumni wrestlers. So, oh, really? and they had introduced them at the break. And, uh, I mean, it was, it, it was, so it was rabid right on that side. And then, uh, you know, the darkened gym and the lights showing and, and, uh, they have smoke blowing when the Augsburg show. Came. It was really a great show. And, and, uh, Augsburg came away with the win there. And this is the first time they, they, they introduced the Sven Millboy belt. Oh, like a belt. They did introduce that in 2015. And since they've introduced that, this will be the first time that it's going to reside in, in Minneapolis. It's always been wow. won by Warburg. And <laughs> now, I think uh, during COVID, they did not wrestle one year. Um, when when they had just the our, the American Rivers Conference schedule, I don't think we wrestled that year. So. Oh, okay. And so there's one year off there. That um, makes sense. But anyway, so kind of neat, and that's kind of neat. That belt, you know, that's something the guys you know really covet and and want to wrestle hard for. Cool. Yeah, we like our trophy uh, duels. Right. Yeah. Um. Very very fun. The next uh, duel. With Warburg is is the Warburg co duel, and I think that's in Waverly this year. And that's this Friday, this Friday, I believe, right? Right. Yep. So, yeah, two of the top teams, uh, in the American Rivers Conference going at it there. Um, you know, also should be a good one, um, at Waverly. Right. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say that uh, uh, the excitement in the gym, seeing the the video uh, of how things finished off. Uh, it was, it was pretty, that was a pretty cool duel. Right. It was, pretty- I mean, it was fun yeah. sitting here in my own house because <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> I know the feeling and uh, it was, it was fun. It was a fun meet to watch. And you saw that scramble with the heavyweights. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I saw the video there. That was sweet. That's crazy. Heavyweights, even at that level are so much more athletic than, uh, than years past, right? You know, it's it's crazy, <laughs> right? And then other D three news. Um, Cornell was at the Pete Wilson Invitational, and they finished fourth out of thirty two teams. Not bad, really. And there was eight top twenty five teams there in attendance at that at that tournament. So wow, 
And they finished, actually, they finished only one point behind uh, Whitewater for third place. So right in there, they did have a champion. Uh, Kale McLaren at one, uh, uh, went 5-0 and and claimed the 84-pound title. And then Landon Card at 49 was third. Gabe Smith at 57 was third. Uh, Trayton uh, Stefan was fourth at 97. And uh, Jackson Brinker was fifth at 285. So uh, good showing at, at, for, by Cornell at the Pete Wilson. Brent, uh, Brent Ham has done a, a good job there. We were, we were talking about the, the Happles earlier. Uh, I think a great uh, um, addition to his staff was bringing in Carter Happel. Um, you know, I think uh, he adds um, something to the to the staff, um, and probably uh, you know a big part of helping uh, Brent uh, kind of really make strides, right. Um, you know, Matt McDonough's also an assistant coach there. Um, Justin Kreider, people recognize that name from DeWitt. So, you know, Jacob Scherzer, yeah. uh, somebody that you know, um, is an assistant coach as well. So, uh, former Jefferson uh, prep and standout for Cornell was a 74-pounder for him, I believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so... He's uh he's on staff too, so they've got uh, uh, a really good staff, um, you know, and and they've done some good things here, uh, this season. Right, and 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 uh, back to Apple. I mean, that to me is a perfect fit. I mean, there's a guy that you know is, is from the area, is from Lisbon. I mean, not from Lisbon are one and the same. If you yep, yes, <laughs> not if you ask them. <laughs> you can you can throw a rock from Lisbon and it'll land in Mount Vernon. Right. So. Uh, but yeah, you you would think they're 50 miles apart uh, with the rivalry that they used to have. Right. Still have. Right, and uh, you know, so that's perfect. Fit. And and I think that having uh, Happel on staff is helps him with recruiting. I mean, that's got to be a little bit of a draw as well, you know, having that quality of a wrestler and, and coaching. So, uh, yeah, that's a good fit for sure. Uh, their next competition is the – I don't know if they'll send their varsity there or not, but the Dubuque Invitational, I think they do because they have mostly tournaments listed, at, you know, uh, at the end of their schedule here. So, um, anyway, uh, Loris was off. They'll, they'll wrestle U, uh, UD, University of Dubuque, Friday. So that's a big, big competition again there. Uh, you know, and decide who owns Dubuque this year, I guess, right? Right. <laughs> and, the, and we mentioned how how Dubuque has made some gains, and of course, talking about staffs, they've got a great one too. So that should be a fun duel with Flores and UD. Right, and uh, UD, who's ranked 18th right now, uh, defeated Luther, who's ranked 22nd. They beat him 22 to 12, and they wow. won se seven of 10 matches. And uh, um, so uh, you had Alonzo Smiley defeated number 12, Bryce McDonough, four to three. So that's a big win for them. And then at 285, Justin Matson decision, Walter West, four to three in tiebreaker. So a couple of nice wins there. Uh, UD's got it rolling. You're right. Uh, let's finish up with uh, Upper Iowa's weekend. Uh, they had a couple – Duels at home on Friday and Sunday. They went two and all. They've won three in a row now uh, and improved to six and four overall. 
They beat Maryville uh, 31-7 on Friday. Beat Drury uh, University. That's hard to say with a cough drop in your mouth, by the way. Drury uh, University 44-7 on Sunday. But, you know, uh, I'm really excited to see uh, Upper Iowa when the postseason comes around because I think they have one of their – most balanced and, and, and best teams that they uh, that they've had, to be honest with you. Um, you know, they've got uh, returning national champion Chase Lensman, who had a major decision uh, against Maryville. Uh, Trayton Ackman at one twenty five, one by fall, and then you had uh, uh, you know. Coulter By, who has a uh, uh, national tournament experience, he he had a nice win at 184 as well. Um, Tate Murdy, a leader for this team, he beat Cody Ketchum of Maryville six to three. Um, so some good wins there for for Upper Iowa, and then uh, you know did pretty much the same against Drury. Um, Lensman uh, with a tech fall in, in uh, that match. So did uh, Coulter by Cameron Lopez at 197. Jordan Baumler uh, wrestled against Drury and got a fall as well. So uh, Tate Murdy and Jackson Rolfs uh, both had wins. Murdy by pin as well. So they racked up a lot of bonus points and a lot of wins in those two duels uh, for their third straight victory. Right. And I to echo what you said, I think uh, they will have a strong performance at, in the postseason uh, tournaments. Right now they're they're six and four overall in duels, but they're three and zero oh in the conference. So uh, their next match is, is against uh, their next meet is against uh, Minnesota State Mankato. And uh, yeah. that's on Sunday, so um, I think they're going to get a win there as well. So um, they're they're. I mean, we I think they have four, just off the top of my head, four place winners, you know, potential place winners, and obviously defending champ. Um, and he's you know he's I think he's seated second or seated ranked second right now. And uh, so he when that happens, that's motivation. You know, it's mm-hmm. sometimes when you're at the top. It's, you know, you're kind of looking back or whatever, figuratively, and you're not as motivated. But when you're number two, trying to get back to number one, that, that's that's motivation. So I like that. I don't mind him being there. Gotcha. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. one The one that kind of stands out to me, uh, you know, with them being in the Great Lakes, uh, Great Lakes Valley Conference um, now, they end the regular season with a duel against um, the University of Indianapolis. I think that that could be a doozy of a duel, and it'll be a great gauge to see where they're at uh, with the postseason immediately after that. So um, looking forward to that uh, just to see how they do. Uh, they've got a makeup duel with McKendry after the Minnesota State duel, and then that uh, uh, February 18th double duel with Quincy and University of Indianapolis. So I think that'll be a fun duel to finish off the regular season. Yeah, for sure. 
have to keep our eyes on that one. All right. Any other final uh, words or items before we uh, put a put a bow on this uh, college edition for this week? No, nope, just got some cool things going in college. That's for sure. Yep. Uh, so when we see you again, we'll be uh, turning the page to February, uh, getting ready for big duel with Iowa and Penn State um, next week. So uh, Iowa has Michigan. On Friday, uh, Iowa State, you and I face uh, West Virginia over the weekend. Uh, the Iowa women had the Sioux Falls midweek uh, this week as well. And then, of course, we mentioned Warburg Co. this Friday at Waverly. So a lot going on on the college scene. Uh, make sure you take a look and, and watch and support uh, these programs and and enjoy the sport of college wrestling. Uh, for Dick Briggs, I'm KJ Pilcher. Thanks for watching uh, Pinning Combination Podcast again. And I'll let Coach Briggs take us out. Let's keep wrestling on the move. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.